and we're back at the On Air Book Fair. I'm Jay. I'm Miles. I'm Daniel. And this week, we're hopefully finally getting this out at a good reasonable time. It's spooky season. It, it's been for a while, and I've gotten a little bit spooky with it on my own time. But uh, we're here reading Goosebumps. And uh, absolute classics. R.L. Stein's one of the goats. Um, but there's been so much praise heaped onto his really good books that for this month, we wanted to explore into some of the uh, lesser appreciated Goosebumps tales. So this week, we're starting with number 17, Why I'm Afraid of Bees. So, which is, YouTube... which is one hell of a misnomer. Yeah, because yeah, you know what? Because he starts out afraid of bees at the beginning of the book. And then by yeah, the end, he... after this whole ordeal, he's not afraid of them. Yeah. Yeah, it, but Why I'm Not Afraid of Bees isn't a good title for a Goosebumps book. No. <laughs> but also he could have started out not being afraid of bees and then ended very afraid of bees because like now I'm he has reason to be yeah i'm i'm gonna start off heaping a little bit of praise onto animorphs because this is a book about a boy who turns into an animal mm -hmm. um but turning into some sort of insect with a hive mind is a horrifying like gut-wrenching experience where you completely lose like any sort of autonomy mm -hmm. um or at least it could be like in animorphs when it's terrifying yeah. and that would this that would be an instance where this book would absolutely deserve the title why i am afraid of bees because mm -hmm. like yeah the, there's a reason the animorphs basically never turn into ants termites or bees more than once yep honestly the ant sequence was scarier scarier than literally anything in this book just gonna say it it yeah. was uh it was not creepy this was yeah, this the, did not the, I did not have to be where I was not in for a scare. But you yeah. know what? I, I want to push back against the hive mind concept because they're not you know, bees and other colony insects, they're not telepathic. A hive mentality and a hive uh biological structure is not the same as like a hive mind that uh you know, they share the same thoughts. Uh I think, you know That's absolutely part of an, part of animorphs, all of their different animal transformations is that they have to deal with the various instincts and impulses of the animal brains that they found their consciousness is like sort of within and it would definitely be extremely weird because insects have very small relatively simple brains uh compared to most animals so like they do have to contend with that but it's not like you know the the psychic domination of the queen weighs down on your very willpower yeah. commanding you to serve they're True. they would be subject to like you know the pheromone dynamics and like the little base programming of how bees function but not like it's not mind control yeah yeah but um, that's less interesting and yeah for sure truthfully this the the way it plays out in animorphs would make a much better goosebumps story yeah. but also at the end of most goosebumps stories things kind of have to work out like they do there's not a whole lot of lasting impact of any goosebumps story yeah um well, that's why actually why I've, wanted to, I've, I've brought up before my favorite Goosebumps story is uh, Calling All Creeps because it does actually end with like you stay in the nightmare and more so the kid becomes acclimated to it. It like becomes a new reality for him uh, because they that. all neither have I. It's really interesting. Uh, it's like a prank war between some guy and some kid and his rival. And then he does like he someone the girl puts like a phone ad about like calling all creeps my name's jason or whatever and i want to hang out with a bunch of creeps so if you're a creep give me a call and then like 
who he gets called by actually is like lizard people and they're like we have the chemicals that will transform anybody who eats it into lizard people we need you to take it to the bake sale anyway stuff like this but at the end like everyone's eating the transformation lizard people cookies and he has no control over it and he just eats one himself and he's like i guess we're all going to be lizard people now and that's how it ends (laughs) and so it wasn't a uh it wasn't quite like this why I'm afraid of bees, where it's just like, and then uh, we solved it. And I appreciated my family better, I guess, and uh, moved on from it. I actually had lasting consequences about, like, my life is irreparably altered now. Which, as a kid, is, like, pretty legit terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, the, the lasting effects of this are a supreme net positive for this character. Um, but let's... Okay, yeah, because this wanna... kid, Gary Lutz the Klutz... He starts out like the biggest fucking loser in the world. Let's get into it. Yeah. Uh, oh wait, I do want to also say, uh, happy book fair season, everybody. Uh, oh, is it? I, yeah, I just got I, I got a text from my mom, who's a librarian, the other day, and it had all of the pictures of the like giant shelves that get brought in, and they're all yes. in storage back behind, so that uh, the book fair like to prepare for the book fair. Yeah, the yes. big metal cabinets. Mm-hmm. Let's Man. fucking go. I would love yeah. to... I mean, you can't really say as an adult, like, yeah, I would love to go to a fucking elementary school and hang out. But <laughs> I would love to see what it looks like these days, if it's, like, very similar, what their sort of new stuff is. I bet I bet they have, like, little novelizations of, like, Fortnite side stories they, or something, those kids do. now. There's a Minecraft okay. section. Yeah, I, there's a whole Minecraft section. The, of course. The yeah. benefits of working at a school is I can just walk into the book fair whenever I want. Well, ours oh. doesn't start till December, but... But yeah, it's very similar. Um, it's interesting seeing, you know, new authors. Like I remember, uh, I was reading this web comic and it kind of dropped off. Uh, Cleopatra in space. I was like, oh, this is a fun concept. And then I'm walking through the book fair and boom, there it is. I'm like, oh, hey, cool. So it's like it's fun to see authors make it and whatnot and oh, see yeah. what the I'm kids sorry, are. Cleopatra into. in space. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I don't remember. I just remember um, <laughs> it's, ancient Egypt it, it, and. <laughs> Magic. It's the next space. level of clone high. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, oh, apparently it's also an animated series. Oh, is it? Oh man. Yeah, it's getting a TV series. Oh wow. Is it someone named Cleopatra, or is it literally like the Egyptian queen Cleopatra? Yes. I oh, don't great. know. Let's see. No, it is literally young Cleopatra transported to the future and saves the galaxy and everything. Mm-hmm. But which Cleopatra? Well, I don't know. I mean, probably the more famous one, right? It, but it like, is, yeah. there are a lot to choose from. Cleo- Cleopatra of the Ptolemies, yeah. I don't know a damn thing about that sort of history. I'm just like, the sexy lady from Egypt. Uh, technically Greece, but... Eh, yeah. Ah, well, okay. Ptolemies. But we, this doesn't... But yeah, this book doesn't yeah, okay, take place in Greece. This book takes this book takes place in fucking any other suburban piece of shit world. Millville. Um, yeah, that's Millville. Town. Millville. This kid, this kid oh, Gary Lutz. Oh, okay, sorry, I thought it was Millville. Lives like little suburban boy life, and he is constantly getting shit on by everyone. His sister sucks. His sister's cat sucks. His parents don't pay attention to him. He's got no friends. He's getting bullied on the street, and his neighbor is this beekeeping ass weird man who is always going around this dude is baffling to me because 
this is my first like big nitpick and arguably the biggest one is that this motherfucker keeps his bees like in a contained space mm-hmm. and like yeah. when he finds bees in outside like around the neighborhood he catches them with like a butterfly net or something mm-hmm. and like he, he, totally glossing over the fact that like how would he know what bees are his presumably there's maybe other bees in the fucking world around this neighborhood <laughs> he's like going around catching all of them and just individually putting them back into the hive um as yeah. someone who as someone who is a beekeeper there's literally like tens of thousands of bees in any hive and the idea that this dude is on a level of micromanagement that i cannot comprehend yeah and like yeah if it was if he introduced a bee who was not a member of this hive it he's just introducing a bee to kill it yep but Mm, um did not do his research Stein did a little bit of research. Okay. He had his ups and downs with this one. Um, yeah. I would say that, like, a bee just getting into another's hive, like, wouldn't just immediately be attacked. Um, I think it would be confused and stuff. What I do know is that bees are not specifically loyal to a queen. They are loyal to the pheromones that they've been sucking up. And we can refer back to getting moaned up <laughs> by your uh, hottie <laughs> when you're out gaming in the Crystal Lands from uh, Elemist. But after enough exposure to the pheromones of a different hive's queen literally uh any sort of worker bee will just switch allegiances will just be like oh this is my home now and this is my queen now because i got used to the smell of this queen so this is just me here but uh yeah the idea that this dude's going around the neighborhood just finding any bee and just be like this one's mine (laughs) now when you're a beekeeper you can put a little paint dot on the back of the thorax of a bee uh, to market and people do this for like science things and study things and health re- health research things to keep track of their bees and like see where they're you know traveling to um but the idea that this guy would just know that like any bee in the neighborhood is just his it's silly and it's gonna it, it comes up over and over again in this he has his hive underneath like a little mesh net area off the side of his house mm-hmm. it's like in his garage uh, i think in his garage and a little like mesh thing this makes but it also absolutely it's in his backyard i, I don't understand. i don't know but like bees. it's a it's an enclosed space that bees can't get out of this makes no sense because bees forage for uh pollen and nectar and resources or whatever mm-hmm. in a 10 mile radius from their hive approximately yeah. so like the idea that he can just keep all of his bees just in his on his property and that it would be a hive that lives like there's no amount of flowers that this motherfucker could have on his property that would allow them to fucking survive in this enclosed <laughs> space the entire point of having a beehive is that they come and go vast distances from the hive for resources it's totally baffling yeah at yeah. one point he outright says like oh what are you doing out of the hive you should be in there making honey like what the they, fuck they need, what to, they need to leave the hive in order to get the resources to do that yeah like how do you do you think they just make honey dude they just yeah. <laughs> they just generate it it's like piss i don't know so i, I do yeah. i do want to i do want to go back to this neighbor multiple times realistically but this first introduction to him is just like oh yeah last time he caught me watching him he made a big deal out of it said oh what's this did someone start a neighborhood watch committee without informing me or is the fbi recruiting 10 year old spies these days like okay first off this kid's 12 but also like 10 and 12 is whatever um but like bruh you're gonna be yelling you are keeping bees 
in your backyard Mm -hmm. and there is a child next door and you are upset about them watching you do this through your like very clearly easy to look through fence like Mm -hmm. i'm sorry you are interesting you are interesting to this child accept it and don't be an asshole literally live somewhere else yeah like and at one point he he plays a prank on him because like oh yeah the beast the bees start swarming and like he grabs them and like covers himself in them because they're swarming you can kind of do that um because they're basically just a big old liquid um, yeah but the but the only way you could get them to swarm on you if you literally like put one of if you literally f- found the queen put it in like a little pouch or something that it couldn't escape from and then attached it like to your body in some way and then they would accumulate around you yeah, That's how people like he, do, you know, those photo shoots or whatever where they're just covered in bees is because yeah. like the bees conglomerate around the queen. But he he chooses to do this just to freak the kid out, which like as a person who has poured liquid nitrogen on themselves and like pretended to dump boiling water on themselves and like done a lot of shit that was actually safe but looked dangerous to the children I was teaching mm-hmm. as a way of like teaching through showmanship because kids respond well to things that are interesting and grab their attention um you could do that with this Mm -hmm. that would be an interesting moment to teach a little bit about how swarming works but he doesn't he just does it to bully this child (laughs) no he's a great archetype of just a bastard neighbor because what i love especially in children's media is seeing what the child's enemy is and this is of course filtered through the perception of an adult rl stein writing it thinking what would be a child's nemesis and a lot of times you see it's like their siblings or the school principal and in this case it's like the mean neighbor and i think Mm -hmm. it's underrepresented the mean neighbor is a fantastic villain for children's media it is yes we had a mean neighbor growing up he was a he would have been a great villain (laughs) yeah I had a very strange mean neighbor who constantly left her house wearing a different hat. I don't think I saw her in a, in the same hat twice in like eight years of living next door to her. That's quite an interesting. Enigma. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um. But so uh, he at one point this guy talks about how oh yeah the a lot of brave bee cle- beekeepers use gloves that are fingerless so they could work with the bees more easily. But I don't wear gloves at all. Like. Jamie, in your experience, how much of a dipshit does this guy sound like? No, he's right, actually. Okay. Oh. Um, so I have always been a pussy. I always get the veil and the gloves on because I, I don't have that much faith in my abilities. But knowing when bees are and aren't uh, aggressive and defensive is the key function of this. Um, alternatively, you can smell it. The uh, bee alert pheromone is smells like artificial banana flavoring. So if you smell that you back off and you're probably already stung at that point because when they sting you, they release that smell Um, and you can smell it. It smells like artificial banana. And so in the summer of 2014, I had an internship where I went to Robbins Bay, Jamaica to work on an organic farm uh, specializing in apiculture. And I was there with this dude, uh, Quow Adams, great guy, um, who was so legit on it he didn't have gloves he didn't have the mask he was out there dressed about as i am right now with just a fucking tank top and your eyes and nose and mouth just exposed to all the bees and i watched him like that with a garbage bag on a pole like a garbage bag with like uh on a ring on a pole and he jammed it up into a tree branch that had a swarm of bees into it and they all just fell into the bag and he brought it back down and he closed it and he's like i caught the swarm um i myself uh 
at one point while I was there um, was rendering wax. And I was doing this outside because indoors, outdoors in a tropical climate, you know, there's no really like specific like vacuum sealed indoors. Um, so I was out on this picnic table in like the front yard space uh, rendering wax and stuff. And the smell of the molten wax and like the latent amounts of honey and pollen within it were attracting a lot of bees from the area because there were, you know, a bunch of hives like on the property. So they all just came around and were swarming around me like 150, 200 bees just like flying around my head. And I wasn't dressed up in anything. I had my face out. I had my hands out just like trying to work with this hot fucking wax and trying to brush the bees away from it because they wanted to smell it. But I'm like, no, it will kill you. Please do not touch this. <laughs> Unfortunately, bees are really stupid. So they touched it and a bunch of them died. But like I had a little swarm just around me in my head. And I was just like, this is so interesting because they came over here. They're non-aggressive at this point. They are only defensive to the hive. Um and even when they are a swarm that's like clumped up on a like a tree branch or something or in a mailbox, for instance, um, even if the queen is there with them, they're not very aggressive. Um, it's only when they are in a settled hive do they become, you know, actively defensive and will sting you. So there are a lot of opportunities and you can see people doing YouTube videos of this, too. Like I recently saw a woman on social media, like straight up bare hands, bare face beekeeping, just like catching swarms, putting them in uh, hive boxes and stuff. It's incredible. I don't have the balls for it myself, personally. If I'm, like, at home and I've only got, like, one hive at my parents' place right now, I'm totally, like, geared up and stuff. And I'm smoking them because I just don't want to fuck with it. But, okay, so that was a whole lot to yeah, say. That... Suffice to say, uh, it's a higher-level thing. And skilled people, you can just do this. You can just yeah. touch bees. Yeah, my, uh, nice. my brother um, worked in... He was studying with the entomology lab for a while, and he would go out and like collect bees and they were raising like little uh, little colonies to study them and like he got really good at just catching bumblebees very gently and then releasing them like, without upsetting them all that much it's, it's mm -hmm. cool and uh my uh my land my new landlord actually they they keep bees they're right out there in the box right in the yard and, yep so yeah actually there's I'll an opening on like a box hive that like maybe five feet you want to keep from the opening because they do got guard bees that are like peering out the entrance to be like sure hope a fucking mammal doesn't come around here and if you do they'll zip out to you that happened to me once or twice but i keep an eye out yeah i still remember uh transporting bees because you had uh I, w I was visiting you for the weekend at college and you were getting a new order of bees for the uh for the hives at your college and yeah. you know we drove out and we got a little bit stranded because we both forgot our wallets uh oh my God. so i had i had to manually enter in my card number whenever we had to stop for gas but um, that's a whole other story <laughs> um but i i remember just the sound of those bees waking up and you i think you said it was like something like fourteen thousand bees of just like all those bees waking up in their contained boxes but just like so close together and i remember being very worried that like just that amount of motion if they got too if they got too awake and too excited that amount of motion so tightly packed would just like cook the ones on the inside um you'd have to really but, shake them up for that <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. but i've had a, i've had a couple uh, like long road trips with like a box of bees in the trunk of my car uh not one of like the secluded trunks either like you know in an suv and mm -hmm. uh i've had sometimes the box was like a different kind of box that wasn't really sealed 
and they were coming out of like the mesh bag that it was wrapped up in so like there were bees going all around the car and then and that's when like i put my you know veil on and i'm driving around i'm at a stoplight and i turn and look at a guy and he looks at me and i'm just wearing the thing and there's like bees in my car and i'm like hey how's it going um no mention of this guy smoking his bees no that's and, yeah there's something to be said for that like if you're really that high level like of a handler you probably don't need to smoke them the reason people smoke bees is uh if they think a fire is nearby their hive they will focus on like swallowing a lot of uh honey to thinking they have to like escape the hive so they're in like pack the bags kids we're leaving mode uh so they don't pay much attention to you so if you smoke them too much then they will actually just fucking leave but yeah, he doesn't do that at all. Oh, and actually that connects with a uh, a line where this neighbor is just like, oh, my bees are actually pretty smart. And the kid says, oh, sure. If they're really so smart, why do they keep coming back to your hive and letting you steal all their honey from them? Which is like absolutely the child's like idea of what beekeeping is. And it kind of is. Oh my God. And the fucking uh, Jerry Seinfeld bee movie, the scene <laughs> with the beekeepers where they're like, I can't believe these bees are so stupid. They just live here in these hives and let us steal all their honey from them. <laughs> and then they're just like, the beekeepers are just like sadistic robbers of like yeah. a, of like tenement apartments as portrayed in this movie. It's, it's really fucking goofy. <laughs> then we throw it in some jars, slap a label on it. And it's pretty much pure profit. <laughs> what is this place? A bee's got a brain the size of a pinhead. They are pinheads. <laughs> pinhead. And then Jerry Seinfeld sues humanity as a bee. Yeah. And we've talked, okay, I've talked about this, this movie before, not on the podcast, but the bee movie does have the most extreme three-act structure I have ever fucking seen. <laughs> it, really, it really does. Because, like, all right, first act, fucking rom-com between bee and human woman. Where, where a human woman definitely fucks a bee. Um, act two, bee sues humanity for rights to all honey production in the world. Act three, the world is ending now because there's no more bees pollinating anything. Because they don't have to because they already have all the honey in the world. Um... I there's but, I don't know I, I I can't really start delving into the labor politics of this but like it doesn't seem that good. Nope. Yeah. Also, at one point, uh, the bee offers to make a suicide pact with the the human. I remember that line. We were watching it with the kids. I was like, "Wait, what? What? Oh boy, it's a." Uh... Yeah. There's speaking a lot. of suicide, there's a lot. Speaking of suicide pact, there's a there's like there is like a certain vein of mutually assured destruction in this context of bees because like uh and this kid understands like that to sting as a bee is to die yeah. and uh that's true for not but not for the reasons you may think uh we'll get to that later so we got to get into the story of this book gary lutz his life is total shit he's getting his ass kicked by bullies he like tries to be cool on his bike to uh some babes and just eats shit and ruins <laughs> his bike he falls in a culvert he like face plants into a cow patty he's just like the biggest fucking loser in the world just is getting his, owned left and right every day of his, his life. nine-year-old little sister opens a jar that he couldn't she did it with two fingers yep and the and <laughs> oh my god and so he and, th and then he goes online to play monster patrol whatever the yeah. fuck yeah. and yeah. and he yeah. comes across he gets a, he gets a pop-up advertisement because ladies and gentlemen it's 1996 
This kid is on the computer. He's on an internet for, forum. Yeah, he's a bulletin he's got board. a computer. He's got a computer in his bedroom in 96. It's not in the computer room. <laughs> yes. It wasn't in the computer it, room. It's in his bedroom. And you know what's and you know what's so unrealistic is that in no point in this book does his mom make a phone call and take him <laughs> out of the video game. Yes. <laughs> well, it's not an online game. Oh. Okay. Well, he's online looking at uh walkthroughs and stuff and it was honestly a a forum experience that still rings true to this day because yeah everyone's just like all the responses for like i can't get past this part is people like i have the same problem i have the same problem i have the same problem yeah. no solutions one, except for like well you have to do it like this guess. and you're like i can't dude what does that even yeah. mean oh you have to get past it well why don't you just stab it like what do you think i've been trying to do you have to stab it on the left side and be like i've been stabbing it on all the sides nothing's working how do I beat this? You beat it. Cool. But th this was the proto get good of uh, early Dark Souls in uh, 1996. Yeah. Um, um, and then a freaking pop-up ad pops up. And it's just like, are you are you a sick, sad little bitch? Are you miserable and you hate your life and yourself and you want to do anything else and you want to die? And this 12-year-old is like, oh my god, yes. I'm so sad cool. because of bullying and my Lunchables aren't the kind I like. I do want to say the message board that he was on uh, was called Computer Note, which is honestly like a pretty good name for a message board, like especially by 90s kids book standards. Mm -hmm. Like that that's a realistic name. I would believe that there was a that there was a computer message or that there was an online message board called Computer Note. Yep. Yeah, at least it's not like Webscape 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what does that mean? Oh, yeah, but fucking when he sees this pop-up ad, it's it's not even technically a pop-up. It just is, like, on the bottom of the screen. It's just an in-browser ad. Like a and banner, do you think? That's, yeah, that's how I imagine That's it. what it sounded like. It sounded like a banner ad. And so I pressed the enter button button so I could read what was next. Like, is he is he using his arrow keys to navigate through the page instead of his fucking mouse? Why, why wouldn't he just... Possible. Or else, sign. why would poor. you not he just say I clicked on it? He's doing alt. Well, then he's no wonder he can't like, stab the the dragon. He's doing in the tab eyes. enter. Yeah. If he if he if he doesn't have a mouse, no wonder he's having trouble with the video game. He's he's playing Demon Souls on just a keyboard. <laughs> no, he's playing Demon Souls on a DDR pad. Yes. <laughs> oh God, I would love to see someone do that actually. So I'm sure somebody has people like. Mm -hmm. I swear to God, people have been like, I 100% like no Death Run beat Dark Souls by playing it on PC with a bop it as a controller. So this motherfucker. So what is the business model of this company that is just throwing out advertisements for suicidal children? Yeah, this is this business is fascinating to me. Um, yeah. And yeah, he, he he heads off and like works with it. But. I want to I want to say person to person vacations does not sound like what they're advertising. Person to person mm, yeah. vacations sounds like a business that acts as a service for anonymous hookups. It really does. It's yes. a suspicious name. This is a swingers organization. <laughs> it absolutely is and it's in just like this nondescript office building on like a corner in his town like uh, okay all right sure it is <laughs> some sort of but... <laughs> escort service that like specializes in role play fantasies be a different person for a night yeah but also holy shit he he he's a 
this is so stupid because he goes there and he sees this woman there behind the glass and there's all this like medical equipment and recording equipment and stuff. And he's just like, oh, yeah, I'm in this nondescript building not too far from a school. And, you know, I got an advertisement to come here uh, on a site frequently trafficked by children. Um, and now, you know, there's this adult woman and she's got this photo album full of pictures of other children. God damn it. And she full. wants to take she's my a photo picture. album of different pictures. <laughs> yeah. Like, I fucking, how I could have the... do it at that one. That one how fucked the... me up. How the fuck is this not and she asks to take his picture and add it to the album too and like write down his home address I, and what I he does this. all day and like his his interests and his hobbies and like what the how how fucking terrible are oh how God. fucking terrible are Gary's parents they have not warned him about exactly this they let him put this computer in his bedroom and did not <laughs> tell him about not going to a location that a stranger on the internet advertises to you. Look, I know, look, kid. I know you might be skeptical about the. I know you might be suspicious about the nature of my business. But let me show you a large photo album filled with pictures of children just like yourself. Won't that reassure you that I'm really on the up and up? Direct quote. But in the meantime, would you mind if I took your picture? That way, we can find out if anyone is interested in being in your body for a week. Like, hey kid, a lot of people might be interested in your body. Can I take some pictures of you to market to people who might be interested in your body? <laughs> oh, God, so these are red flags. These are flashing so neon signs. <laughs> oh, I highlighted this one. Okay, I replied. What harm could that do? I asked myself. There was no way she would ever find anybody who would want my body for a week. Oh, yes. <laughs> but... <laughs> It's so it's so very it's unfortunate. The, it's, it's the worst and should not it God it shouldn't have been in circulation. This no. this should have been caught by the editor and been like, hey, 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 hey buddy, hey Mr. Stein, um what the fuck? What? This was a, this was ninety six. Wasn't this like the peak of stranger danger? It was. This was it, when it my was. mom would warn me about people in the mall who would kidnap you and change your clothes and shave your head. Like mm -hmm. How did no this, one catch this? This was when I was oh, starting to go to soccer practice, where my dad was the coach and was the person driving me there. But I was still getting... I, I got taught about kidnappers and pedophiles. <laughs> okay, that wasn't 96, that was 98. I was four. Um, and learning what a pedophile was, and that was interesting. Um, <laughs> I think that was the first time I knew what sex was. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> well, great. But, I'm sure that was... Great for you, developmentally. <laughs> but Fuck. but that was also when I learned the whole, like, oh, yeah, punch out the taillight and wave your arm behind you. Because the person <laughs> driving's not going to see that. But Oh, what did you have that, the Richard Rickenbacker, like, street smarts? So, legit, so that was, what, that what was, was it? not I'm just, like, now. Uh, uh, John Bittenbinder. Bittenbinder! Uh, Bittenbinder. I remember from the John Mulaney so, bit. Yeah, no, so that's not just a bit. That is what my mom taught me. That was, like, best practices. That was wow. that was what you were taught for child safety. Wow. It... <laughs> and yeah, I don't think I could... I don't think I could punch a taillight out if I had to to save my life. Oh, I mean, my God. Look up... Car these days. Look up pictures of Bittenbinder. He looks oh, like... like uh, he looks like Rip Taylor, like, pretending to be... An 1850s politician. Oh my! This is this can't be a real person. <laughs> <laughs> JJ Bittenbinder. 
I I know th- wow. I know that it's mostly the mustache doing that. the heavy lifting, but he looks like <laughs> Rip Taylor pretending to be uh, Theodore Roosevelt. <laughs> I'm fucking. I can't deal with this guy. Um, <laughs> Put that mustache but, away, old man. But what I want to say is, this book has a much more interesting book hiding inside it, and that book is it is in a single quote that uh, or it, it is in a single line that Ms. Carmen says. You can pick a boy, or even a girl for that matter, to trade places with for a week. This is a trans-positive business. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This is a trans-positive body swap business. And a story written later about a trans kid going to this business and swapping bodies with another trans kid and using that as, like, uh, uh, like re- makeshift reassignment surgery is kind of fantastic and mm-hmm. real and like really interesting like oh yeah no we trade places for a week and then they both like meet up and mutually agree hey let's make this permanent i like the- <laughs> like or a kid who who doesn't know that they're trans like doing that and realizing like oh i feel like way more comfortable and like getting gender euphoria from this process that'd be a way more interesting book give me give me this <laughs> instead me of that the bees book. not the bees this woman's that's the thing this woman's like business first off has like revolutionarily revolutionary technology at her fingertips and she's just like you know i'm gonna do this for people that are like fed up with their own lives to like experience something else where she's like you're sick of getting bullied where well this like weird surfer jock uh want needs you to like do his math test for him because you're smart or whatever so this is the switch we're gonna do and we're just like this has so much potential for like a hundred different things you know you talk about the yeah you know like even if you don't think you're trans like just getting the other experience of a different body on yourself would be like an extremely like groundbreaking experience for anybody to have no matter whose body it was i remember reading uh as a teenager reading the uh, short story changes by neil gaiman about a uh cancer medication that allowed people to switch genders overnight and then switch back with no consequences like several days later and i thought like i absolutely would fuck around in uh you know a gynecological body for like as long as it takes and just see what see what's that about and decide like which one of them i want like which yeah. one of me in that biological sense that I would like want to fuck with and that opened my mind in a big way changes by Neil Gaiman is was like really fascinating for me at a young age huh. so that's instead, the more interesting book that yes. is hidden in this one yes but that's instead, the more interesting book that's hidden with this one instead we have an absolute insane woman who is just doing just doing consciousness alterations absolutely haphazardly because the way that this fold unfolds from here is that he's like gary is just like it can't possibly be real that's Mm -hmm. insane how would i do that but then as he goes back home and his uh sister you know kicks him in the balls and his parents laugh at him or something he's just like that's it i'm sick of this i really do want to do another thing he like finds in the the catalog of children (laughs) that this woman has um so he doesn't find this person Oh, okay. He is she, he is called later. She calls him and says, okay. "Hey, there's someone who's interested in your body." There's uh, a matchmaking. His his name is Duke Devlin, and he invented a he invented a game with dice. Uh, no, it's like Dirk Dirk <laughs> dice, something. Dice dragons. <laughs> Dirk Dirk Davis, and he Dirk thinks that's Davis. a cool name. It's, yeah, it's Dirk not, Davis. I I but... legit kept reading it as Duke Devlin, uh, that minor character from Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, Dirk dongles. But it's like, all right, 
all right are you it, it does now work for you he's like yeah it's great i'm home alone please come here stranger oh, with an album God. of children pictures <laughs> to my home instead of me put, going put, to your office put, where you're already put your set electronics up. onto my brain and experiment with my mind and another boy's mind oh my god yeah so but, but she doesn't bring the other boy there she doesn't that's no, there's so there's so much to deal with in the logic of this because how what sort of database and network does this person have like where you could theoretically like th this this catalog of children is presumably set up to say like you can pick any of these people to switch your lives with and are they just like waiting have they like submitted their body like up for the switch and are just waiting to like get the call back and for how long the i was thinking like the only way that this works at all is if there is a like national network at least national if not global like yeah. network of people like submitting their bodies for their submitting themselves for body swapping potential and then like I mean, it's wherever you can find and wherever but like they managed to find like hey here's another kid in the same town as you that wants to switch with you do, do you want to do it like you know time's running out so let me come over to your house and just do this yeah and she puts a bracelet on him, which at first I thought like, oh, okay, maybe maybe Dirk has a, has a bracelet on wherever he is, and these two bracelets are connected in some way, shape, or form. But then why the but then why the bee? Why? The bee? But then why the bee? But then why? Because the bee? So I wanted, so wanted to write an adaptation of the fly. Yeah. See, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I that's what I told Sarah after I finished this. I said I feel like the author started with this idea, or fuck, maybe he reached into a hat and pulled two slips out and was like, boy me and like he started with the idea that this this kid becomes a bee terrifying metamorphosis like transformation and it's like okay how do i get there why does it become a bee and this is what happened just bullshit it just bullshit it. <laughs> just all bullshit of the semantics the on the way to it because thing. it doesn't make because he sense. wanted to do Maybe, yeah, let's trace through R.L. Stein's logic on this, yeah. He wanted to do, like, well, what if you did something like the fly for kids, where a kid turns into a bug? That would be scary for a kid to turn into a bug. What sort of, like, bugs have, like, a sort of rich uh, lifestyle? Bees. Bees have a pretty rich lifestyle. I think a spider might be kind of boring. A normal house also, fly, a that, that would be kind of boring. Well. A spider wouldn't sell as well. A spider lives a solitary life. Um, flies would be kind of boring, worms would be probably boring and maybe a little too gross. So, like, what other bugs? And, like, a bee has a sort of, like, rich, richly structured life. So, a kid experiencing the lifestyle of a bee would be interesting. How do we get that kid to that point? We ha he has to have his brain switched with the bee. How do we get the kid's brain switched with the bee? Uh, maybe there's a scientist that does it. Why does he go to the scientist? Because he's sad. What kind of scientist would do this to a child? A small business in his town. The, how does how does this work this is this this woman with her brain swapping business has storefront real estate in this kid's town and there's no indication that what, 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 for what, anyone else like we never see who's behind all this what, yeah. what business license has she applied for also uh, what what I, what ta yeah. what tax category is she paying as a business she doesn't charge. She doesn't charge this kid. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck are these people doing? She does it out of the goodness of her heart because she wants to help people feel fulfilled in their lives. She's got experimental brain control technology and she's switching people's souls back and forth in various bodies. And the thing is, so so she, so she comes over to this kid's house with mind-altering technology and a binder full of pictures of other kids. 
and she attaches, I don't know, like electrodes to his head and a bracelet. And so there is a little bit of equipment here. And one might presume yeah. that back at, uh, you know, Dirk Devlin's place, there's like, you know, one, maybe one of this woman's like coworkers who's there and be like, oh, hey, Dirk, uh, the, the other, the kid on the other side signed up for it. So we're all good to go. Uh, if you'd like, uh, we can do it right now. Or I can come back later. Um, if you're prepared for it, now's the best time. And then they, you know, hook them all up and stuff with their own device on the other end. And I guess there must be internet for them to communicate the souls back and forth between the computers. And for some reason, a bee from the neighbor's place coming into the house through like a hole in the wall and just sitting on the coffee table is enough to turn this two-way swap into a three-way shuffle. Yeah. What the fuck? Uh uh, I I just shared in the in the group chat. Um, I one hundred percent have was imagining Ms. Carmen as Fran Drescher. Oh like, my god, nanny era in the polka Fran dot Drescher. shirt. Oh and, my god, this it, is great. It it works weirdly well, right? <laughs> this is about how I pictured her. It does. Yeah, you know. Um, also, you know, like Dan, a works. young like Italian woman with you know a little quirky uh, fashion sense. This mm-hmm. Fran Drescher picture is really on point. Yep. Uh, so Dan, you mentioned what if he just put, pulled some nouns out of out of a bag? He pulled the he pulled the nouns boy and bee out of a bag. I'd like to take bee a moment. Boy, Let's boy, play a little bee, game. Bee boy. All right. Let's play a little game. I've got a random noun generator. Um, it's going to generate three nouns. Let's see if we can make a goosebumps book out of it. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, so first one, I did do like a couple just to like sort a couple of. Because there's going to be bad rounds. Um, but industry, vehicle, meat. Cars that run on meat. And you <laughs> and the kid... And Okay, so maybe this is a little bit older for Goosebumps. It's like a 16-year-old kid just got his new car. His car is haunted. It needs meat to run. He has to steal raw meat from the butcher shop until the car becomes so... Until it doesn't work for the car anymore. And he's got a a big social boost he can go to the drive-in movies now he can go to the mall and stuff but he has to like it 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 becomes a uh uh whatchamacallit little shop of horrors thing he has to feed the car more and more and more and then it's not just beef you get from the butcher it's fresh meat from a cow he drives out to the local farm and he has to and he can't do it and then the car gets mad at him Mm. see i was thinking some form of like uh there's a there's a Goosebumps book where a uh, comic book character is brought into the real world. And I started thinking about like, oh, okay, industry vehicle meat. What if they did that? But it was like, oh, yeah, my favorite transforming robot uh, action figure now has like flesh and is steadily like replacing bits of themselves with biological components and like tries to take the place of the child. Okay, okay. Terrifying. Uh, <laughs> this one wouldn't make a good Goosebumps book, but uh, Pleasure Breakfast Preference uh, was the was the next one up. <laughs> oh boy, Pleasure Breakfast. Uh, what? I'm going to go down from three words to two. Okay. I was wrong. I should not have done that. Okay, I went up to four. Breakfast. Whole Cats Screw Map. What? <laughs> what? 
What's polecats? Oh, po- wait, polecats? Like Pol- the whole oh, polecats. Polecats. Um, polecats. like weasels. Okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna do this book either. Slave satisfaction, trick rest. That's not nope. that's not school appropriate, no. Nope. <laughs> um Judge Holiday Monkey Mouth. Hell yeah, that's yes. a goosebumps. <laughs> Judge Holiday yes. Monkey Mouth. Oh, okay. Man. Kid goes on vacation in some tropical locale. Uh but he, got, but he got framed for shoplifting. He's put in front yes. of the uh, the local magistrate, children's court. But the judge has a monkey mouth. <laughs> oh, I was gonna. Say how that... can he? How can he stay out of juvenile hall if the judge is against him with his monkey mouth? <laughs> no, it's a it's a lesson on not following dares. Because Ooh. as he follows more and more dares, monkey see, monkey do, he becomes a monkey. Ooh. Right, Whoa. there is a lesson component in all of his. I always forget that it's not. It's about it it's about falling harder. into a bad crowd. You can't do monkey see monkey do, or you get the monkey mouth. <laughs> yes, the kid is put on trial by monkeys. Trial by monkeys oh. is absolutely a goosebumps book. <laughs> it is. Oh god, frogs, squirrel, revolution, balls. Oh, fuck. No. Okay, <laughs> it's a war. But it's a, a kid finds himself in a war between the frogs and squirrels. Wherever the ball revolution comes in, who knows? <laughs> they have they have very orn, uh, decadent balls, in, like, you know, yeah. like celebrations and feasts. Yeah, this, the ceremonial ball is the last chance at diplomacy for the yes. empires of Frog and Squirrel, and he must make sure that this ball goes off without a hitch. But there is a saboteur in the mix. <laughs> a toad. A toad. A toad. <laughs> Doctor analysis solution fight. <laughs> uh, a, a sickly anemic child uh, whose parents always take him to the doctor, but a new doctor, not the doctor he's always known, prescribes the only thing your kid can do to get healthier is to fight. And so his parents pressure this kid to fight. In a giant. But robot. like, you don't want to. Yeah, that is that is entirely what I was thinking about with that too. Um, cool. Do we want to do one more, or I? I think we've I think we've gotten some good mileage out of uh, out of yep. make a that's goosebumps. a really good bit. Yep, make a goosebumps out of like random word generators we is absolutely do... a doable bit. It is. We could do it for each goosebumps episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, but right, so back so back back, back with story. back with Gary. Gary Lutz, who I want to keep calling Larry. I want to keep calling him Larry, but it's Gary. Um. You know, his Carmen shows up, he gets put into the body of a bee, blah, 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 blah. Um, then he spends a bunch of time faffing about, oh no, I'm a bee, why won't anyone listen to me? And he like buzzes around his sister's head, please listen to me, sister, I'm a bee. And she's like, ew, fuck off, please, mom and dad, listen to me, I'm a bee, ew, fuck off. Mm-hmm. And multiple times in this book, Gary talks about how he hates honey. How did, okay, like... It, people like and dislike different things in their food, and that's totally normal and reasonable. But how do you have such strong hatred for honey, mm-hmm. but not like sugar? Because they they're it's just the bee association. Di- that's it. That's yeah, it. I do like though that he is afraid of bees, but also fascinated by them. Because that's that's interesting. That's yeah. a that's a character trait. It is like, like that's one and only. that's. 
Yeah, it is. This is <laughs> no funny. his other character trait is that he's a miserable little sh- he's a miserable little shit. Um, <laughs> yep. He's a total dweeb that's getting owned constantly. His life is miserable. Yeah. Um. And he's just he's just absolutely miserable. He goes around. He gets captured by his neighbor and put into the hive, and then steadily escapes the hive. Um, oh, wait, we're passing through a lot of stuff. Hold on, I gotta check my notes for the. Uh, yeah, that that's the, the thing. Weird Not a whole crap. lot. Uh, like some some shit happens in like the middle section of this book, but also not a lot happens. <laughs> it's just like, all right, yeah, I'm running around. I'm trying to get my get my parents and my sister to understand me, and you know that's not happening. And mm-hmm. oh well, oh no, it's the cat, and haha, I escaped the cat. But oh no, <laughs> I've been caught by my neighbor, and he put me in the thing. Oh, and there are bees that are angry with me, and now they're not. Um, that, that oh, was and the f- fucking and the, the, fucking every single just like a goose goosebumps book every single chapter in this ends like they're about to go to fucking commercial break like a scary mm-hmm, thing happens and like then it, it immediately is just like uh, oh but i got out of it like immediately it's just like mm-hmm. oh but i you know evaded and i survived um meanwhile as he's like being a bee like he sees his body walking around with uh the soul of uh dirk dickums in him or whatever <laughs> And he's just like, and I quote, if bees could cry, which I now know they can't, I would have started bawling right then and there. Who did that boy think he was? For that matter, what kind of mom did I have who couldn't even tell that a total stranger was living inside her son's body? And it's like, yeah, maybe this whole concept was a kind of bad idea of switching your brain with another guy so that you could like live as a cool jock for a week, I guess. And like do his math tests for him. Like that's yeah. that's the deal. It's, it's almost like the kids and thought then, out the premise as well as R.L. Stein did. But yeah. yeah, yeah. But then, but then you come back at the end of that week, and everyone's like, "Oh man, you've changed. You were really cool last week. What's going on?" <laughs> She's gonna uh, be like, "Whoa, oh, Gary! Like you were like of, really cool for uh, yeah." On the topic of ones uh, of chapters ending, like you're about to cut to commercial, the fucking dragonfly. The dra- a dragonfly yeah, fucking, comes up to point- him and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna get eaten by this dragonfly," and oh. Insects no, don't I eat remember. each other, right? And they absolutely do. They, they absolutely oh, do. Before I could move, it zoomed down, wrapped its teeth around my middle, and bit me in two. Next chapter starts. I uttered a last gasp and wait, waited for everything to go dark. It took me a few seconds to realize that the dragonfly had turned and buzzed off in the other direction. My imagination was running away with me. That always That's what always happens when I get overtired. To like, fuck off. <laughs> fuck <laughs> okay. you. For any listener, go yep. look up right now. Slow motion dragonfly eating a bug. They have absolute like insane mouth that can actually it's cut actually a, that can actually cut a bee in half. And mm-hmm. he was just like, and then the dragonfly came at me with his mouth and cut me in half. Come back from commercial, and he's like, oh, that didn't happen actually. I just got scared. <laughs> yeah, but not not yeah. really. So yeah. oh, oh. so you go. Uh, oh okay. Um, oh shoot, I had something. It's just it. It flew away. Over the, co- but, um, over the course of this boy's yeah, adventures, he got put back into the hive and experienced, like, what it's like to be inside the hive for a while. And he sucked up some honey. And there were, like, it, he kept alluding to, like, bees that, like, looked at him angrily. And I thought that that was, like, just totally anxiety projection onto mm-hmm. the bees around him. But then he, like, keeps describing, and I quote... Maybe it was because I wasn't doing my, quote, job. But what was my job? How could I tell the bees I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing? And let me tell you, I don't think bees self-police in this capacity of, like, you're not doing enough work. Why aren't you doing enough work for the hive? They they Um, don't have bee police. 
and he they don't have he, B bosses. They don't have B managers. <laughs> Professional hey, B manager. Hey, just making sure. Uh, how's, how's your uh, how's your workload doing today? <laughs> and if you say good, bad, or great, you're wrong. You've said the wrong thing. Yeah. Look, oh, I just don't adding... think. I've, I, I understand the problems you're having with that you can't move this much nectar to that comb. I just don't really think you're... I just don't really feel like that's being a hive player. Like a team <laughs> mm-hmm. player, but like a hive player. Oh hey, shit. We, can I point out... We, okay. uh, we, we had to lay off a, about about a dozen bees, you know, because because that's easier than, you know, any of us taking any sort of pay cut. Um, <laughs> how about you step up and fill that res- fill that role? You know, you know, step up, really fill that role. Uh, Am I going to get more honey as a result? <laughs> I really feel like you're being a hive player right now. Okay. There were another bit while he was in the hive, he was watching bees build comb, and this was actually like some biological accuracy. Arl Stein did some research and uh, read about how uh, the abdomen of a bee produces uh, oils that form into wax chips that emerge from the abdomen. And what the bee does is it pulls those wax chips out of the folds of its abdomen and like literally chews them into and shapes them into the honeycomb the wax of the honeycomb and um this and this kid was like hungry for honey and he said and i quote i had to eat some honey even if it was covered with bee spit and i'm just like motherfucker honey is bee spit you understand (laughs) the reason the reason bees eat honey and produce wait sorry the bee the reason bees eat flower nectar and produce honey is that the enzymes in the saliva convert it to honey. We've established this. Don't act. Know don't act like you're about bees though. He read one fucking well, book. He's Twelve years old. Well, he, he read one fucking bit. book. You don't understand a goddamn fucking thing. I'm so listen, pissed he didn't at know this. what bees ate. Like he's flying so... around. He's like, what do bees eat? What do bees oh, eat? Oh, do bees like, eat pollen? Oh my gosh. I'm so pissed off at this fictional twelve-year-old. I know. What a dumb what, bitch. What are, okay. the, what are the schools teaching in Millville these days? Like, oh. he, t- I mean, clearly not bees. <laughs> I learned about so bees. He is not a bee student. Haha, <laughs> swish. Um, so he like manages to escape from the hive. Oh, because he watches the dance. That was another uh, biologically accurate thing. He watches the the bees dancing, which is a system of like wiggle, 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 waggle as a bee walks forward and then like turns in a circle a certain angle and then presumes wiggle, 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 waggle. And that communicates to the other bees uh, angles and distances from which to fly from the entrance of the hive. And that, you know, tells them generally like where resources are. And this is much more important in the act of uh, finding a new home for swarming bees and this and there's literally actually a sort of a sort of semi-democratic process in bees finding a new home so say a bee is like in somebody's say a beehive is in somebody's fucking mailbox they're in a swarm and they want to find like a good tree hollow to hang out in a bunch of scout bees go out and like sort of find different little hollows be them in you know trees or you know the inside of somebody's garage or something any good place that a beehive might be set up long term and they come back to the hive and they perform the dance for this location. And other bees go to scout that area, and if they like it, they come back and perform the same dance to get more bees to go scout it out and do it. And then at some point, the more bees that are like dancing one certain dance to indicate a certain location just becomes the consensus. If enough of them come back and do the dance about this is the good place to you know, convince enough of the other bees that like, yes, it is a good place. At some point, like the more bees that are doing dance A 
because of a good place like override all of the bees doing dance b and c for different locations so there's this like weird like pseudo democratic process of like the bees as a collective finding a new place to live okay thank you for coming to my ted talk that's really cool it um, is. It's very i just got reminded of something while thinking about the dance this book does not seem to know what kind of bee he has become because at different points the description sounds like a honeybee but then it also sounds like a bumblebee and then also on the cover of the book that is clearly a boy's head on a wasp body when is it a bumblebee uh at certain points he talks about how it, it like he describes it as being like exceedingly fluff like puffy and fluffy um yeah normal honeybees are pretty like, fluffy yeah i mean yeah, a little the... bit but not like not it didn't feel like to the degree he was talking about but yeah. the cover of this book is yeah. distinctly a wasp body. Yeah. It is weird. Yeah. And it's got like a boy's head on the bee body, which, which doesn't as we find as we find out in the book is not the case. He describes like having the weird eyes of the bee and the weird mm -hmm. mouth of the bee, which is really interesting. That was correct. It is like a weird like tube tongue uh, that the bees have as they go messing around with stuff. Man. Yeah, a proboscis. Boy, a proboscis. Proboscis. He manages I'm... to get out of the hive by following the dancing bees and is like milling around for a bit in this like mesh netted <laughs> the, the totally nonsense like mesh net containment zone for a beehive and he manages to escape from it and he's just okay he's finally out of there and for some reason even though earlier in the book he just he decided the the thing i have to do is go back to the weird shop and talk to dr carmen about getting my body switched back Instead not of doing doctor. that as soon as he's free. Oh, not Doctor? Explicitly Ms. Carmen. Oh, okay. But so Never instead of... Dr. Carmen. The point Ms. is, instead of going back to the body swap business, as he thought that he has to do, no, he goes back to his house to do another round of like, Mom, Dad, can you hear me? I'm a bee. And they like smack him and stuff. And he encounters this like weird dude again who's in his body and the dude is like doing skateboarding lessons with the hot girls from school and he's like no he also he also like jumps up and down on his computer keyboard to activate the buttons and i'm sorry i i used keyboards in the 90s i don't think a bee can hit one of those with enough force to have it activate no, I don't think so, but this was a really... This struck me as a really good, interesting, like, this is what you would do. If you could yeah. do that, you just, like, try to, like, signal in some way to anybody, like, there's a bee in your room, but it's me. It's me, Gary. Please, I'm trapped. I know yes. it's crazy. You have to help me. Don't squash me. Given and the then rules this, of the universe, this was a smart plan. It was, it, this was the best plan. And this dildo uh, that's in his body now is just like, oh, I guess I left the computer on and I don't remember, and he just turns it off. There should have been a comment in there about, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I left it on after I finished beating that three-headed dragon last night. That would have been great. That would have fucking owned him so bad. But uh, just, yeah, he's <laughs> so, going out and he's and he's given these skateboarding lessons in a body that has never skateboarded. Or apparently has, but nearly broke his leg. Um, but we'll get into the mechanics of skateboarding later, apparently. I um, guess. But yeah, and then he goes to the goes to the office and yells into Ms. Carmen's microphone that why do, why does she have a microphone? In well, because this it was waiting, a, in this small waiting room. It was that plexiglass barrier, like at a bank, like at a bank drive-through, where you would like 
they talked at you through the microphone. So he was inside and talking to her through the exterior microphone. And so he ex and he and so he explains the situation and she's like, "Oh my goodness. That's crazy." Oh, that's never happened before. I'm so sorry. Uh well, I'll talk to him in the meantime. Why don't you find a nice hive and hang out in there? It's like Oh, this has definitely happened before, and she's just banking on him forgetting and just going full bullshit. B mode. Yep. And like, because oh, guess this what? Nobody why knows he's about this. So, why his body is acting so weird? Like, this has been going on for a day, where this boy has been a B, B brain in this boy's body, and and and, and what you just nothing. and what you just thought that was me? You think I would go into the body of this jock and then just act like a fucking insect for no reason? And she's just like, oh my god, I can't believe that this. What happened, and nobody knows about it because you didn't sign any paperwork, and we didn't inform your parents or guardians about you making the decision to switch your brain into another person's body for any amount of time with experimental technology that can be disrupted by an insect being within five feet of the fucking equipment. And yeah. she says, and I quote, It is very upsetting, she replied, biting her lower lip. Mm. It wasn't what he said in our original agreement, but if he refuses to get out of your body and your life, there's really nothing I can do. Because get what, Dick Dirksen is just like, no, I want to stay in your body and live your life. Your parents your parents are nice and your mom's fucking hot and your sister's got a cool cat. And I'm smoking weed in the backyard <laughs> with your body. And I'm doing skateboard tricks and fucking all these girls. Because guess what? Girls love like a nerd who does a switch to become a hot guy that can do skateboard tricks. And this woman do is just like... And I did. And there's and this woman is just like, well, if he doesn't want to go back to his own body, there's nothing I can do. And it's like, what fucking operation are you running here where you're making you're giving children the option to like switch lives with each other and you didn't account for the idea that one of them wouldn't want to go back? You're advertising to disillusioned, miserable children. Yeah, and, and you did, and you don't have like, any contingency plan for forcing people's souls back into their own bodies. What the? F how did also? How did you not see this happening? Let's be real here. She is an adult. He is a weak twelve-year-old. She knows where he is, whenever he is doing anything. She can just go, grab him by the arm, put one of those bracelets on him, and begin the process. Get that fucking kid. Like, Get that kid. She can just like she can just do that. That is a thing that she can do. She's deliberately I, choosing to just let this one go. Absolutely, because then she can't be sued. She's hoping he just goes full bee brain in the hive, and, you know, the parents of the other kid just, like, institutionalize him. Oh, yeah. Have, meanwhile, have, we, meanwhile, have we mentioned what's happening to the real Dirk Dave? The original I, Dave. I'm going to straight up say I'm pretty sure he's an emancipated minor. Yeah. <laughs> so meanwhile, because, uh, like, meanwhile. yeah, go and go and oh, do yeah. what you do. Meanwhile, while Dirk Davis is in is making uh, Gary's life so much cooler, and Gary's a bee, the bee, the bee in this equation has become Dirk Davis, and is shoving his face in, shoving its face into the bushes and the flowers, trying to get a snack, and he's going full Scarface with the neighbor's rose bushes. <laughs> yep. I mean, it can understand uh, Gary when he shows up, and but all he can say is "hum." He tries to speak a bee, but he cannot. He has and a mouth for that, that entire. That was an incredible scene for the entire time. I just pictured like 
Dirk's mom. You like you see Dirk's mom in the house watching this kid like face up a rose. And she's just like on the phone and she's weeping. And she's like, I just don't know what's happened. It's so fucked. And they were just gonna. And Dirk was just like, Yeah, I'll leave my parents to deal with this for the rest of my life because I can like ball out in your nerd ass body and like get your hot mom to bring me taco chips. It's so fucking baffling. It really is. Also, I love that it's. I, I love. Oh, yeah, taco chips. Like. You know, couldn't, couldn't quite get the right to say Doritos, huh? No. Animorphs got the Doritos license. They said Doritos in they Animorphs. They sure did. Animorphs <laughs> has a lot of product placement throughout it. it is. Maybe that was, I mean, of course it's not a licensing thing. Maybe that was like R.L. Stein, where he was just like, I don't want to drop brand names in this. Come on. This is my art. Yeah. Which this I, is his art about, <laughs> about if that's, the if that, worst if that's the, violation if that's, of Stranger Danger. <laughs> If that's Not the case, I give weirdest. I give it to him. He doesn't drop brand names, I don't think. Fuck. Um so so at at this point, uh Gary the Bee gets fed up and he goes back to his own bedroom where uh Dirk is in his body, like eating chips and jacking off and you know, fucking doing all sorts of stuff. And he's buzzing out and be like, Dirk, you piece of shit, you stole my life, give me my body back. And Dirk is just like, shut up, dude. Leave me alone. He's like, well, you can hear me. And and I quote, yes, I can hear you perfectly. Weird, huh? I'm not sure why, but I think some B cells got mixed up with my human cells during our electronic transfer. I can hear all kinds of little bug noises now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Sure. Sure. what does that mean, dude? Jay, it makes as much sense as anything else in this book, let's be Oh honest. my god. The bug cells I got mean, mixed in with my human cells and now I can hear bug noises. All you have to do is say during the body swap, I guess I guess our brains got a bit connected or something like that. I would Make buy psychic connections so much easier. Yeah. Yeah. But but nope. <laughs> but nope, now he can understand bugs. That's so he, fucking stupid. He is know. bug it's man. Fucking, fucking, oh my god. Oh, meanwhile, he's sitting oh in this god. room Dirk, eating crackers Dirk and in, honey. Dirk. What in, kind of... Okay, okay. Depending on the type of cracker, that can be delicious. Like some wheat thins with some honey, mm-hmm. that'd be delicious. Yeah. Some fucking sure. saltines with honey, goddamn no. Uh, graham That's what I thought immediately. Oh, okay. Now we're talking. Or animal crackers, yeah. Uh, you gotta be able to you gotta be able to pour it from the bottle onto the cracker and then immediately put it in your mouth. I don't think animal crackers can do that. Oh, I was imagining like a puddle of honey and you just dip. Even then, it's t- even then. I don't think it's viscous enough that you're not gonna drip it on yourself. If you ate it, I don't like, think okay. he cares. I don't. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, I don't. Sure. I don't think that's his main concern. He's a skater, dude. He doesn't care about getting a little sticky on the shirt. Um, <laughs> fuck. So he's so he's telling Gary like. Look, fuck off, dude. You have to live as a bee now. I don't care about my parents or what people think of my body because uh, I've, I guess, become an invalid. Look, he I'm never having a mentions great... his parents. He, he there he is never care. any yeah. mention of parents as far as Dirk is concerned. As far as we understand, Dirk's motivation was that he doesn't want to do his math test. Mm-hmm. It's not like he wanted he to doesn't escape want to do his, math his test life in the same school. capacity. Yeah, Christ. These are just his summer school math tests. So stupid. Um. So then Gary's feeling kind of despondent and he remembers uh like I guess I'll be a bee for the rest of my life. What is the rest of my life? And I quote, the life of the average bee is not very long. While the queen can live through as many as five winters, the workers and drones die off in the fall. Which is not accurate. 
Uh, most worker bees like have you know their own lifespan and they're born and die at different intervals such that the hive like has worker bees into the winter to like take care of the queen literally if all the workers died off in the fall and it was just the queen herself in the hive like trying to survive the winter yeah that shit would not work uh the drones however the drones all do die off in the fall and if they don't die off they are killed and pushed out of the hive by the uh female worker bees the drones are the male bees it's mm -hmm. complicated um, yeah male bees wouldn't have stingers like the ones he meets in the hive and uh we talk we talk about um when you sting you die as a honeybee and that is true and that is true for mammals because bee stingers are designed to kill other insects where when they pierce like the you know chitin and jelly or whatever of other insects they are able to be pulled back but with mammalian skin which is like very rubbery i guess they get stuck and um we'll get into like he does do a sting he does do his one and final sting uh later on but oh god damn it so mm -hmm. he starts in so he starts encountering the other bees of the hive um oh he gets dragged yeah. back to the hive yeah. by the bees uh i struggled to squirm away but they turned their stingers on me were they some kind of bee police did they think i was trying to escape the hive and then he goes back stupid. and he starts dancing and he tell he essentially tells them hey go swarm on that motherfucker no no he doesn't tell them that he like causes a ruckus he yeah. literally like drives his ass back to the hive and like runs in and like moshes against all the other bees and calls them the n-word and like gets them all riled up and pissed so that they go chasing him and then he leads them back into the window to fuck with dirk in his room in a swarm of bees and he's like fuck you dirk you can't take my goddamn life yeah, and and then and then he stings Dirk, and yeah. and and fade to black, and then we come in, and he's sitting underneath the tree where he started this book, but time has still passed. I really thought they were gonna go for it. It was all a dream. It was all bit a dream. here. I thought so too, but then somehow um, stinging fixed everything. Yeah, the, the the trauma of dying in the bee body reset everything. Which because is... here's what happens when a bee stings a mammal. The stinger gets stuck, and they try to pull away so that they can fly away. But the stinger is connected to a lot of different organs in their body. And when they disconnect, it pulls the organs out of their abdomen. It is like an evisceration when a stinger disconnects into a mammal's skin. So they don't get into it in this, but it is pretty fucking gross. Anyway, yeah. he's just like... Uh, well, I guess the shock of dying from a of being doing a sting and dying shocked our souls back into our bodies, I guess. Which and moved that, him to a different location. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, we we also didn't hear that like when Gary gets back into his own body, he's just like, oh, my nose is all swollen because I got stung by myself at all. Um, but. Yeah, see, that was when I was still thinking they were doing an it-was-all-a-dream thing, and I thought that that swollen nose was from getting punched in the face earlier in the book by his three bullies. Oh, we missed the part where Dirk, in Gary's body, just beats the shit out of all the bullies. That was great. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. And then, and then it's like, oh, Gary, honey, don't go back into your room. There's bees in there because you left the window open. Like, nah, I don't give a shit. I'm not afraid of bees. Yes, you are. Not anymore, I'm not. 
And I quote, and then, my dad blinked and seemed to come back to life. He crossed the room and put a hand on my shoulder. Gary, are you feeling all right? Because this is the moment his parents realized, like, Gary, you're acting very strange. Like something's different about you. After at least 24 hours where Gary was an entirely different person with a different personality who engaged with his sister differently and his parents differently and, like, started giving skateboarding lessons to the neighborhood kids. And now, yeah. after a different child's soul has been within their son's body, that his soul returns and has conquered a petty fear of his, and they're like, whoa, this is so out of character for you. I mean, I get the impression that they didn't pay the slightest bit of attention to him anyway, but, um, yeah, because... Because he started skateboarding to school, too, I think. Um, but fucking... Oh, no, he wasn't going to school because it was summer break. That's right. Um, yeah. But it just... Yeah, it... And then and then he still is giving skateboarding lessons, despite the fact that he does not know how to skateboard. And, like, even if you want to make the muscle memory argument, you don't build muscle memory in one day. That is not how muscle memory works. Also, the well, memory's Miles. not in the muscles. It's in the brain. Guys, his... his Some of the cells, some of the skateboarding <laughs> neural pathways crossed over when their souls went back. When he said, see you later, boy, he became the skater boy. <laughs> so everything's great. He's back to his body, and he's like, oh, suddenly I love my parents and my sister i had a traumatic experience being separated from them and now i appreciate my life more which is like in some sort of weird cosmic like child narrative way maybe like mrs carmen the not doctor brain switcher it was just like and that's exactly what you're supposed to learn young boy is to appreciate what you have meanwhile yeah. uh fucking that dirt guy like gets back to his body and he's like yeah i'm sorry i tried to keep your life and leave you trapped in a bee and they're just like and then we became friends that's nice. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. When that bee was in my body, it flunked all my tests. Like, in 24 hours, it flunked all of your tests? It yeah. it went to school at all? Because he was, like, your some mom's. sort of medical moron, like, at school. <laughs> like, just buzzing and licking the tests and... His, his, mom, his mom looked at him doing all this and said, yep, you're going to school. <laughs> yeah, she thought she was faking to get out of going to school. No, they thought... <laughs> This this uh, probably, in the following weeks, became a drug panic. They thought their son had done the LSD and became an mm. insect for two days. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. And uh, Ms. Carmen uh, goes it, on to like go do other stuff with a completely irresponsible technology. Yeah. Uh, Gary uh, meets up with the redheaded girl he saw leaving the clinic at one point oh, yeah. and he talks to her and isn't nervous at all. And it's like, okay, wait, hold on. Are, are we, are we trying to say that he now has a crush on her? Are we trying to build that? What's just throwing what's that in there. Here? Just throw yeah, it in And there it's like, the Oh, like, okay. All right. Sure. You didn't. Okay. Sure. Don't even have a um, name, but okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then he also just, like, takes a moment and shoves his face into some flowers. So he's still, like, definitely a bit of a bee. He's like, got the cells. The cells came over. Yeah. And it's like, okay, all right. Like, as a person who has eaten blossoms and tasted that sweet nectar, I, I get it. But also, you don't need to shove your face in it. 
is like the final joke of this is like that you like you know stop and smell the roses or whatever i think the Uh, final joke of it is just rl stein does this a lot where it's like kind of ambiguous whether things are fully resolved or not it's like oh maybe he's still a little bit of a bee like okay sure why not i don't fucking care (laughs) you know his life is massively improved except he never had any resolution with uh his neighbor and he even like said to some of the bees as he like shooed them out of his bedroom after the swarm he was just like all right i'll come visit you sometime and see the hive again and i don't know why he would do that because i would think that like based on the title of this book he might come out of this like if not more afraid of bees at least just like yeah i don't want anything to do with them anymore don't really have yeah, a specific would... fear of them but at the very least like i don't fuck with those guys right now but he's just like yeah, yeah. i'll come visit and then he never like interacts with the neighbor after that or maybe he does maybe he starts learning apiary from the neighbor even though the neighbor absolutely doesn't want anything to do with this kid that's what I, also still what, very much an asshole yeah what a what a bad place to learn from it the guy who like wants to keep all of his bees in like a mesh curtain yeah it don't work <laughs> i'll tell you that much this is one of the more poorly regarded or most poorly regarded Goosebumps books for good reason, as we've seen, but not going to lie. It's still fun talking about it. It's great talking about it. It was fucking buck wild. When that lady brought out like, here's a photo album of all the other children that have come to me. I'm like, no, no, (laughs) come on. And why is it it just children? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, if you're running this business, if you get adults coming to you, I would keep them separate separate from the children. She maybe yeah. has an, a she maybe has a, a binder of adults who are interested in this brain swapping program. I would not. I would keep that in two really distinct categories. Yeah. I am not letting adults switch brains with children. That is not happening. Yeah. Same. <laughs> I don't have that power, but I also wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right now, like, and I'm only 28, but in my day-to-day dealings, I'm not letting uh, children switch brains with adults. That's not really my scene. Your day-to-day dealings. It comes up very often. Yeah. But this is, but this is a fucking wild book. Um, it's not good, but it was enjoyable. <laughs> Just in that it was so batshit that I wanted to keep reading it. It had its bits, that's for sure. Um, I mean, oh boy. Uh, I I genuinely, I don't have anything else to say about this book, though. Like, it's... No, it, yeah, I I'm, think we've I'm, totally yeah. expended it. I've got nothing else. I'm totally spent. Um, okay, two two things. Um, do we want to try and put out another Goosebumps episode this month? Yes. I don't... I think I, we can do it. Okay. Um... What do we want to do then? Do we want to do one of the more popular ones or do we want to do something else? It's y'all's call. I abdicate uh, decision making um, now. I don't know any, I don't know enough goosebumps. So Miles, congratulations. I'd rather do something uh. more. Okay. I'll be honest. I, something that is at least nominally scary because this one, this, this wasn't scary. It was hilarious yeah. to talk about though. Okay. Something that is at least a bit scary. Um, I remember definitely getting creeped out by Haunted Mask. Um, there's also, I think Horrorland was a little wild. Um, I read that one. But also, Jamie, your description of Calling All Creeps makes me very interested in it. Me too. I, I think in the uh, actual the actual meat of the book is not very interesting. There's the premise and then the ending, but there's not much going on in between. I mean, 
I feel like that's probably going to be the case with most Goosebumps books. But I'm more inclined for something like Horrorland because I think there's like a lot of stuff going on in that. They had like a video game for Horrorland, you know? Oh, wow. They did. I they did. I'd be down for Horrorland. Yeah, sure. All right. We can talk all about all that. their OSHA violations. Oh, so, <laughs> so many. I don't even, I don't know the specific codes for OSHA violations, but I'm sure you can just watch it and be like, oh my God, how can anyone get away with this? But this lady also was putting children's brains in other children, so yeah. who's to I mean, say? no wonder she's just Ms. and not Doctor anymore. Yeah, she's been discredited from brain sciences for uh, irresponsible practices of insect research. How do you fucking... How are your machines so poorly calibrated that the thing thinks like, oh, is this the signal of an insect brain? It must be what I should switch these two human children with. What are you fucking yeah. talking about? If, if the cat had been, like, around his ankles at the time, would the cat have gotten... Would he have been put in the cat body? Because, I mean, technolo technological equipment getting brought into the house, there's no way the cat's not going to hop up on that immediately. Mm -hmm. Even if, even if like, there was a bit about that where, like, the cat was chewing the wires as, like, uh, the bee landed on the bracelet that was on the boy's wrist for his brain transfer, then i have been like, okay, there was a misfiring. The bee yeah. was there. The bee touched it. It created Maybe a cross circuitry. Maybe you shouldn't be doing it in these people's homes and should be doing it in your office where things in are a, set up already. Yeah. In a contained environment. All, but yes. You're doing brain swapping for children and you make house calls? A little sus. A little, what little, the fuck? It's kind of weird. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, so for our next one, we're going to be reading uh, Monster Park. Was that what it was called? Horrorland. 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 Monster Park. Oh, my goodness. Uh, thank everybody for listening to the On Air Book Fair. Uh, it's been a great time. If you want to send us any ideas for other books we can read, uh, shoot an email to onairbookfair at gmail.com or hit us up at anchor.fm slash onairbookfair where you can give us a little voicemail. Uh, any other plugs and sign-offs for you two? Uh, yeah. Also, you could hit us up at, at uh, onairbookfair at, on Twitter. That's right. We have a Twitter now. Nice. Yeah, uh, great. We, Good. We don't us. post super often, but we'll 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 talk to you if you talk to us. Um, probably. I should get on there for stuff. I should be it, putting memes on. Yeah, I just I haven't had the energy. Um, also, uh, Jamie and I are part of um part of an actual play D and D stream. Goes generally every Sunday. Um. Twitch.tv slash one int wizard. That's O N E I N T W I Z A R D. One theoretically, int yeah. Theoretically, Sundays at seven Eastern. Um, though sometimes you know there's technical problems and we do things at slightly different times. But like, and it's hard to monitor that together. Yeah, exactly. And we, got a, and we got a new podcast we're working on called Shooting the Sheet. Sheet S H E E T. Yeah. Um, where we talk general TTRPG stuff and just have a chill time. Uh, we recorded our first episode just last night, and we had a great time doing like a little improv session of uh, Give Me a Guy, which is a working name for it, where one of us will just like throw out like uh, a D&D class or a race and just like any word or any concept and just be like, create, you know, just create a character on the spot right now. What's this person like that you would play yeah. as? If you like the create a goosebumps section from tonight, uh, that, <laughs> that's similar. That yeah. will also probably be up your alley. Um, Dan, you got anything? Um, nothing to plug right now. Although, uh, I will say 
uh, it's over the garden wall season. <laughs> and it national, is. It's yes. time for that. And National Novel Writing Month is next month. So, yeah. Wow, I can't wait to not do that at all. Not even oh, <laughs> I just use it as a way to get a whole forum of writers to bounce ideas off of. Because they're all on there during the month. And then I write whatever the heck I want or not anyway. And uh, nice. on your behalf, actually, Dan, as a teacher, uh, I encourage everybody to, if you're listening to this, find the opportunity to go to a local uh, school board meeting. And if anyone is there doing QAnon anti-mask shit, you just sit in the back room and go, gay, whenever they start talking. Mm-hmm. And if you come across or... an anti-mask or anti, any, yeah, come across their protests, bring water balloons. They're harmless and fun. And, and they make people, vandalism. and they make people, and, and they make up, and they make people go home. If you get yes. hit with a water balloon, you go home. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and if you happen to be in Texas and you are at a school board meeting, fight like fucking hell against this bullshit that we just found oh, out yeah. about today. Mm-hmm. About, Let's do this last section. Uh, yeah, yeah. About in, in book teaching news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Texas, a Texas school board is pressuring teachers to uh, make sure they prune their. Uh, not pruning. Pruning is something good for library collection. It is something that is, like, generally a positive thing. Uh, no, uh, vet their books that are in their classrooms to make sure that they are uh, providing alternative viewpoints to things like slavery and the Holocaust. They want and to, when they say alternative they to... <laughs> viewpoints, they mean things like being a Holocaust denier. Um, they just want to diversify the ideolo- They want to diversify the ideological inputs, such as what if the Holocaust didn't happen, and what if slaves liked being slaves? Uh, so I will be submitting a book that I'm going to write uh, soon about how uh, the Jesus Christ was a total pussy bitch and a demonic person who meant to, uh, you know, seduce and distance the righteous people from worshiping their true prophet muhammad and see and see if they like in texas that that's a maybe alternate historical perspective on jesus christ oh you and know see if that's, that's and and see if that's enough to you know really you know give a bunch of give a fair shake to all different options mm-hmm. yeah and Fucking if a, you dude. can't an important caveat in that is if you cannot provide that alternative viewpoint alternative viewpoint um you can't have the original book in the classroom. So like, hey, guess we're not going to be reading Number the Stars or any other books like that. Oh, I'm sure they're not important to be reading. These motherfuckers are the same people that are against like the boogeyman of CRT because it proposes a counter narrative about what if America's not perfect, actually, and everyone isn't Uh, getting along historically. So the, the uproar that happened specifically with this school board came from uh, a child bringing home a book from school about anti-racism. Yep. And that made the parent very angry. Yep. Because of course it did. Oh, Oh, the book was called This Book is Anti-Racist. 20 Lessons on How to Wake Up, Take Action, and Do the Work. Yep. Now, the optics And they're like, no, damn, I have a hard enough time getting my kid to bed. I don't need no books getting them to wake up to nothing. Critical race theory teaches you to hate white people. Like, no, it teaches you to hate the effect white people have had on every other person in the world. If you read and about to history, maybe take steps to counteract that. If you read about history and like get the feeling about like, oh no, I hate white people now, and your response is like, wait a minute, how dare you make me feel that? You're not really having a nuanced like digestion of the material. Yep. 
Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Honor of Fair podcast. Sorry, Dan. You were trying no, that's, to that's okay. I can share it after the, after the cut. Yeah. Okay, Continue. good night. Good night. Good night. Goosebumps. Viewer beware. You're in for a scare.